Good morning. I'm so glad that you're taking time to be with us this morning. And we are in a, a new set to where uh, it's a new look. And I hope that you'll be able to, uh, to get something out of this morning and uh, this Bible study. We're, in the, we're in, a, in the book of Ephesians. Now remember, the ministry of Paul to the Ephesians, it's an it's a, uh, uh, all-around circular letter. It means it went to all the churches in Asia, in many places received the word of this letter, and Paul magnifies the Lord Jesus in all kinds of ways. So when he comes to chapter 3, he says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. See, he's in Rome. And he is in prison in Rome, writing to the people in, in Ephesus. Remember, Ephesus is uh, north of Athens, Greece. Uh, that's Corinth. On the other side of the Asian Sea, you have the city of Ephesus. 250,000 people, a large 25,000 seat stadium. And, uh, and of course, Paul is overwhelmed by uh, the response of the gospel. When he came in there, 12 people, men, received him and were baptized with the Holy Spirit as Paul began his ministry. Did you receive the Spirit when you believed was the question from Paul to those 12 men. And so it's kind of ironic that he, he meets 12 men, the ministry begins, and for two and a half years Paul had an unbelievable ministry in Ephesus to where uh, uh, thousands were healed. The clothing that he would sweat on it, the aprons, and, 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 and the, the, the handkerchiefs uh, were taken out of Paul and passed on to others as they put upon the sick. The sick would recover, would be healed. And so it is a very powerful ministry. What impresses me about the coming of Paul to, uh, to Ephesus is that in the 16th chapter of Acts, uh, Paul tried to move into Phrygia and Galatia, but the Holy Spirit did not allow them to go, meaning that uh, God closed the door of Paul going to... So he went to Troas. And in Troas, in the evening, he had a vision from God, uh, uh, come to Macedonia and help us, a man from Macedonia. So Paul was not allowed to get into these areas of, of the gospel. Uh, but uh, finally, Paul comes into Ephesus. And right there, the ministry... If you go to Stambul, and you get a car, and you drive south of Stambul all the way to Ephesus, Ephesus is the one of the seven churches of Revelations. And the Apostle John, in the book of Revelations, mentions seven churches. Remember? Well, Ephesus is one of the churches. And so, God had a purpose in Paul. So, ah, for this cause, what is the cause here? The cause here is that the gospel now is being presented to two groups of people, the Gentiles and the Jewish. And Paul is saying, for the cause of the gospel to be, to be ministered. Why do I think this is extremely important? It's because we're Gentiles. If God had a purpose in Paul to preach to the Gentiles, uh, that left turn... Moving into Ephesus is not only godly, 
but also brought the gospel to us. And so today we have the gospel because Paul made a left turn. And so, and so it says, prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. So he writes to the Gentiles. Now, who are the Gentiles? We are. We're the ones who are being blessed by this letter. And it says this, If you have heard a dispensation of grace of God, which is given me to you, to you, Lord, meaning, if you have heard of the dispensation. When you look at the word dispensation, there are two schools of thoughts here. One is the dispensation period of seasons, and the other is the covenant theology. And you, what do you mean by covenant theology? You're talking about Abrahamic and talking about Noahic, the covenant of Abraham, Mosaic, Davidic, and all of these covenants, seven covenants in the, in the Old Testament. One of them being the new covenant, Jeremiah 31, 34. And so you can look at dispensations and you understand this. You can look at, uh, at the, the covenant theology and you can pick up the one you want. I choose the covenant. Because it's the hand of God with people as they move. And so, Paul uses the word dispensation. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me. Now, I know that you probably say, well, Paul, Paul is the Apostle Paul. He wrote 14 books of the New Testament. And so, uh, can you claim there's a good... 2021 Christian, uh, a dispensation that comes to you directly. And that's where the problem begins. Because a lot of people call themselves prophets, and they have no word from God whatsoever. In other words, when God gives your word to you, you have to sort of uh, muster the word, understand the word, Careful, try to understand what God is trying to say to you. Because the danger here is that you can say something to somebody else and it's become personal prophecy. And personal prophecy is very dangerous. It can derail somebody's life completely. You know, God says to me, thus says the Lord to you directly. And uh, you can hurt somebody. And so Paul is saying, it's given to me, but now the Apostle Paul is on year 59, I'd say, uh, uh, 64 after Christ. He's getting older, and he is now writing a letter in prison in Rome. See, he came from Caesarea. So this is not a young man trying to start a ministry. This is an old seasoned soldier that has suffered tremendously throughout his whole life. His call comes in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. As he is called of God to do a ministry. And of course, a persecutor of the gospel. So this is a seasoned prophet. A seasoned man of God. A seasoned apostle. And he says, he's given to me. Did God give the word to him by himself? Yes, he did. It wasn't given to the apostles. It was given to Paul. And so you kind of begin to get to understand that this old man is near death. And so he is saying is this, the grace of God idea was given to me. <coughs> he, is, he, is, he is administering the understanding 
of the grace of God. Is it given to Paul? Yes. It was it given to, to, to Peter? No. It was, is it given to James? No. But it's given to Paul. <coughs> now, I, you know, I'm, I'm studying this over here, and a lot of people persecute Paul for a lot of reasons. I don't know why they do it. Much in America. But what this man is about to say to you is of great importance to your spiritual life. And he comes out of... In other words, there is no condemnation, accusation whatsoever from the heart of Paul. And that shows depth. That shows growth. That shows strength. That shows healing. Because if the Word of God comes to you, it's in the grace of God. It doesn't condemn you, put you down, harass you, belittle you. It's the grace of God. And when you hear anything else besides the grace of God in dealing with human beings, it's directly from Satan. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Now a mystery is really the cross. The cross was unknown as a mystery. Nobody understood that when Jesus died on the cross, He took our sins upon Himself. And to understand that in the, in the first century, man, that's a mouthful. You're talking about all kinds of gods. And we, went, we went to Athens, Greece, and we're in the Parthenon, a group of us. And of course, a man came to us and said, you have to walk very calm here. Try not to make any gestures. I said, why? We're taking pictures. Don't do that. Not in here. This is a holy place. They're talking about gods in the Parthenon temple. Greek gods. <coughs> there was an altar to the unknown God and Paul spoke about it. So what I'm saying to you is that the mystery of the cross is only understood of those where the Holy Spirit revealed to them. Even today in America, a lot of people don't understand the cross. A lot of people have problems with the cross. They, they, don't, they don't understand the grace of God. They know how to condemn and put down. But it was given by Paul by revelation that through the cross of Calvary, you and I can be forgiven of our sins. And when you do that, you understand the grace of God. You see, the grace of God does not condemn, does not put you down, does not harass you. It comforts you, strengthens you as you bow before the foot of the cross. Oh, I tell you, I've been condemned and put down so much. It's becoming the order of the day in my life. And so how that by revelation. Now, revelation is a, a powerful thing. You know, when he was in Troas, he had a revelation on a dream, a vision, a word. When Paul, when Peter was in the house of, uh, uh, of uh, Simon the Tanner, he was, uh, uh, before lunch, he had a revelation from God. A sheet came on from heaven full of uh, uh, animals. And, uh, and the word from God to Peter was, kill and eat. Three times the sheet came down from heaven, kill and eat. What God was doing through revelation was that in the next thing that happens, it was a word from the Lord coming down from, uh, from, uh, from uh, uh, the house of, uh, of, of Dorcas, man coming to Peter and saying, we need you to come 
because we love Dorcas. And of course, Peter went into the house. You see, by revelation. It's impossible to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit unless you have a revelation. You've got to have a revelation. You know, you don't want to have condemnation. You need a revelation. And so Paul is simply saying this, by revelation made known the mystery. What is the mystery? The cross. Calvary. When you understand Calvary, you understand grace. As I wrote you in, in, in few words, so not only Paul had written to the Ephesians small little notes, it says here, as I wrote before in few words. So evidently Paul had already contacted the Ephesian church with a little note now and then. We don't know what it was, but I can tell you uh, it was full of grace. Verse 4, whereby when, we, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. In other words, he's writing. He is in a house in the midst of Rome somewhere there in year 65. He is uh, along with uh, Luke. Luke is reading, writing everything that Paul said. They're sitting down an afternoon. Papyrus is open, and Luke is writing down. And Paul is, uh, is saying, whereby when you read this, you may understand my knowledge in this mystery. The Lord wants us to understand the mystery of the cross. Because you see, today, sin is no sin anymore. Today, people are condemned day and night. Today, the cross is losing its place in the life of the church. To where you can become a Christian and not deal with your sins. The only way I survived my sins is that I know the cross. The only way I can be a blessing to others is because I know the cross. And there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't you condemn me. Don't you put me down. Don't you harass me, Satan. I belong to Christ. He died on the cross for me. And I bow before Him and ask Him to strengthen me and forgive my sins. And so Paul is saying the same thing. Which in other ages was made known unto the sons of men. Was not made known in the sons of men. And so <laughs> the mystery of the cross wasn't revealed to Elijah. The mystery of the cross is not, was not revealed to Elisha. The mystery of the cross was not revealed to a single person in the Old Testament. And you probably say, Rick, what makes John the Baptist so powerful, more powerful than Elisha? Elijah made all kinds of miracles. Elijah caused a bear to come out of the woods and eat a whole youth group. Elijah, Elijah did powerful things. He, he threw a hammer on a bit of water right there on that, uh, on that fountain next door to the, to the city of Jericho. And the water became sweet. You're talking about a mighty... Why would John... It's because John the Baptist understood the cross. He, there's no, Jesus said there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist. 
Why? Because he knew about the cross. He knew about the Son of God. He knew that Jesus was about to come to him in a few moments. And when he saw Jesus, he said, The Lamb of God who takes the sins of the world. And when he did that, my friend, everything changed. Oh, if it wasn't for the cross. If I didn't have the cross. If I didn't have the grace of God in my life, I'd have been dead by now. What makes me strong in the Lord is His grace. Don't you condemn me, Satan. I belong to Christ. It is now revealed unto His holy apostles in prophets by the Spirit. Galatians 1.11 It's an interesting scripture to read. And so let me read to you Galatians chapter 1 verse 11. It says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not of man. For I neither receive it of man, neither I was taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ unto me discloses the human mind that which could not be understood without divine intervention, meaning that the Holy Spirit of God spoke to Paul and revealed the cross to him in a way that you now understand and I do understand. But it was a revelation in year 65 as he experiences in his writing these letters. So, this promise that this revelation came to the holy apostles and prophets of the Lord by the, by the Spirit. Look at the word by the Spirit. It says, Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. Old Testament. Nobody ever understood that. It is now revealed unto His holy apostles. What are you talking about, holy apostles? The guys in, the guys in Jerusalem. Peter, James, and, 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 and Bartholomew, and Nathaniel, all those guys. They, were, they, they had a vision. They had an idea about it. What did Paul do in 15, two weeks, talking to Peter? He went there for two weeks. What, what they were doing? What they talk about? The grace of God. The power of the cross. Just like you are listening to me now. And if you are any country in the world this very moment, if you are in Serbia, if you are in China, if you are in, 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 in Asia, anywhere in the world through this telecast that's coming out of Athens, Georgia, I want you to know that the only way you can be redeemed as a human being is by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And there's no other way. There's no way you can come to the place where you find peace by the grace of God. I want you to know that uh, I understand how to be condemned. It feels like sour in your mouth. It feels like, like, like sour grapes. It pains you in the heart. It causes you to cry night and day of condemnation and accusation. It takes your joy. It takes your peace. Folks, I want to say to you that if you are in a situation today that you need help, I want to introduce to you the grace, the love of Jesus Christ, the cross of Calvary that takes away sin. That the Gentiles should, should be fellow heirs. 
Now that's a, that's an interesting mouthful right there. Uh, the the Gentiles be 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 be. That three things about the mystery, and I'm about to tell you. When you listen, mystery. Here are three things. Gentiles should be fellow heirs. What do you mean by that? It means that the grace of God coming into the kingdom of God, understanding healing, deliverance, understanding forgiveness, redemption, understanding the love of God, understanding the cross, understanding the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, faith, work of years, gifts of healing, tongues, prophecy, understanding the gifts, understanding all the word of God. You become an heir of that. What do you mean by that? Eternity. A place in heaven. A place where I, be, I belong one of these days to come to Jesus in eternity. I understand that. I understand that there's a heaven. And there's a, there's a God. And there's eternity coming. I am a fellow heir of that through Christ Jesus. I have a right of eternity in my heart. That's what Paul is saying. Number two. It says, of the same body. Look at this verse, guys. I'm, I'm looking at uh, verse 6 in it. The Gentiles should be fellow heirs, number one. Second, of the same body. What do you mean? The same church. The body of Christ. He's saying, if I am uh, from Athens, Greece, if I am from uh, uh, a country anywhere in the world, an Asian, if I am uh, from anywhere in those known days, Christian, uh, no, look at uh, <laughs> you want to know you want to know <laughs> you want to know really uh, where they're from and, and what the gospel did to them let me read to you this and it's an interesting scripture it's in Acts chapter 1 and it says this you can be from Parsha you can be from Medes you can be from Elamites you can dwell in the Mesopotamia area you can be in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, in Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt, in Libya and Cyrene and Rome and in Cretes and Arabs. You can be in the kingdom. You can be fellow heir. Arabs? Yes, Arabs. All of the humanity, all the nations, all the tribes from Africa. You can be in South Africa right now in a little village north of, 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 of the Gibraltar rock that stands at the end of that. And way down there you can be on your hut. You're cooking a little piece of meat that you got that day, a little rabbit. But the grace of God is with you. The power of the Holy Spirit is with you. You've never seen a computer in your life, but you belong to Christ you can be a fellow heirs of eternity. And when I come into eternity, I'm going to see the black, the whites, the greens, the yellows, the blues. I'm going to see the Brazilian Indians that receive Christ as their personal Savior. That's what Paul is saying. He is saying that you are the same body. And let me tell you this. A lot of white people are going to hell. 
because they denied Christ in His grace in the cross. And there will be a lot of Indians that receive gently. You see, there is a man in Brazil in the hills of Rio that received Christ this year. His name is Carlinhos. He had a turbulent life. His wife was a, was a drunk and alcoholic in the streets. I had to cover that woman nakedness several times. One of his sons was killed right in front of us by the police because he carried a gun from here to there. They came and killed him right in front of us. Shot him dead. Oh, what a sight. What an ugly sight. Carlinhos is a black man that loves Jesus now. And he's praying for that hill. He is giving them a word. He is blessing them. And uh, he is going to be with me in paradise. And so, of the same body. And then third, partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. What, are, what is a partaker of the promise? Oh my God, my God, my God, the promises of God are so many. Promises of healing, promises of deliverance, promises of sustainment, promises of finances, promises of hope, promises of joy, promises of eternity, promises of healing. He, he's got His promises all over you. I don't care where you live in the world. He is a God who allows you to take His promises. Don't you feel so bad today? Don't you feel so down today? The promises of God belong to you. Verse 7, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given to me. Now, given to me is in verse 2, in verse 7, in verse Eight. It's grace given to me. Why is he saying this? It's because when you have a hot tamale or potato in your hand, you can't hold it. It's burning. You know, I, 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 I got my cup of coffee on the, on the microwave, and I think what happened was the microwave made my cup hot and didn't make the coffee hot. And so I'm, I'm holding that. I'm, I'm, you know, when I got a pizza out of the microwave, it was a hard thing to do to sort of get out uh, with that coffee. And I finally got it down. You see, Paul is saying, I have this grace in me that I cannot contain. I have to tell people because it burns in my heart. And so for three times he says, this grace given to me, this grace given to me. Oh, folks, listen to the grace given to me. He's excited. I was made a minister. It was a gift of grace given to me. Given unto me, he's saying again, by the effectual working of his power. What do you mean his power? By the work of the Holy Spirit. See, everything the Holy Spirit gives to you, it becomes a hot tamale on your hands. Everything the Holy Spirit does to you, it burns inside of you. You can't contain. That is why in Brazil, services last five hours. We can't get out of the altar. We can't get out of the ministry. We just can't hold it. It's hot. It's burning inside of you. And when it burns inside of you, you have to burn with it. I hope today, as you heard the gospel, and I can't finish this teaching, but I'll finish tomorrow, that you'll be able to understand this. 
is the power of the Holy Spirit burning inside of you. I hope it is. It is burning in my heart. I have no condemnation in my heart. I've been kicking condemnation out of my mouth, out of my body like I've never done before. And I hope that this morning you'll be lifted, strengthened, that the Holy Spirit of God within you is burning and you've got to connect to it. May the Lord bless you. In Jesus' name, the grace of God be upon you today. Amen. Brilha a luz que é no meu viver.